Hello, hello, it's Wendy, and I am here today to talk to you about a really serious subject. And if you're here listening, I'm sure that you are wanting to know more about how it works with drug and alcohol rehab, as I've talked about a lot, and how to actually quit drinking without having to go back to meetings or back to rehab. I want to share with you my story about why I'm so passionate about this. And if you have not heard what I've experienced, just listen for the whole podcast so that you can really feel and understand where I'm coming from. I did not know that there was any other way to quit drinking or drugs than you go to 12-step meetings and you go to 90 meetings for 90 days or you go to a rehab and a rehab is expensive. It's 28 days and they have 12-step meetings in the rehab. So the reason I needed to know this is that my oldest son wanted to quit drinking and quit his drug use. And I was excited. I thought, oh, this is great because I'm going to have my son back and he's going to be all fixed in 28 days. And I'm going to be able to, you know, just have him all healed and back to good. And I looked at all these different rehabs online and, you know, put some emails out there and made some phone calls. And someone called me back named Darren. And Darren was a very nice man. He was really compassionate and really helpful. And he had a rehab down in Southern California that would be just perfect for my son and told me how wonderful it is. Well, the short story part of it is I did pay $28,000 for that rehab. My son went to that one. But when I got there, because I accompanied him there, I asked, where's Darren? I'd like to meet him. And they said, who? Darren? We don't have anybody here by that name. I said, yeah, he's the one when I called this rehab, your rehab, that talked to me and told me all about it. I said, no, we don't have anyone here by that name. Never have. Well, it turns out that the rehab industry is largely run by brokers. These brokers get a few thousand dollars for every time they place a person in a facility. They don't know anything about the different facilities that they're placing them in. They're just being as nice as they possibly can so that you will go to that facility and they get paid their commission. There's also extensive insurance fraud with the billing that they do from these rehabs, charging for the maximum amount of urine tests that they can and charging insurance and for all the other procedures that they can. And there's so much fraud in that. There's a woman who wrote a book that's called Inside Rehab, and she did a lot of research on what really goes on in these rehab places, and it is pretty bad. They're generally staffed by former addicts, and those addicts are the people working in there. They have 12-step meetings, and you have to go by the AA beliefs and rules, and you have to go through the steps, even if you've been through them before. You have to call yourself an addict or an alcoholic, And you have to believe that relapse is part of recovery. You have to do the fourth step, which is making amends to everyone you have possibly hurt or wronged. And I would like to share with you what the difference is in the program I've developed. Now, if you want to come to the free three-day event, it is Alcohol Freedom Live, and you can sign up for that by going to my website, and I'll put a link in the comments, but getting signed up for Alcohol Freedom Live, it's three days, totally free. I want to just help you or a loved one to get really strong 
and sturdy and be able to trust themselves and be able to quit drinking without having to go through the torture. Okay, so first rehab. My son did that. I went down there to a meeting <laughs> that they had inside the facility. So there's a man who is an expert speaker for AA meetings and he travels around and does this at rehabs. I'm sitting in the very back of the room and coming from my hypnotherapy background, you can imagine the squirming I was doing when he said this. <clears throat> Hello, I'm George and I'm an alcoholic. And everybody says, hi, George. And he says, I've got to tell you that even though I've been sober for 20 years, I'm still white knuckling it every day, just hoping I can make it till midnight. Wow. That's a powerful message coming from someone who is standing up as an authority who for 20 years has been sober but says he's white-knuckling it every day. And he went on to explain how hard it has been to stay sober. What he was doing was creating the suggestions that you create in hypnosis, waking hypnosis, and implanting those in there for these people to be future-paced into a time in their future when they still will be struggling. We would never do that with hypnotherapy. We would never. That's just the stupidest thing. Then he goes on to glamorize all the times that he drank. He actually said this. He said, you know, when you used to be on the airplanes like 15, 20, 30 years ago, whenever they have the little tiny bottles in the cart that the stewardess rolled up and down the aisles, said, I'd, I'd steal like 10 or 15 of them. They never knew. And I just had such a rip-roaring good time getting drunk on those flights. And he's telling stories of how fun it is to be drunk and all the things he did that were just so, so exciting. Oh my gosh. That is like the opposite way that you want to become clean or sober. So <laughs> he, he did that. And then after 28 days, uh, my son told me that there were a few of the men who were going to be leaving in the next couple of days and they got them all together and said to them, now I want you to know that in 30 days, only one in 12 of you will still be clean or sober. Huh. Wow. How would that make you feel? You just spent 20 days locked up in a place that fed you crappy food. Everybody smokes cigarettes and plays ping pong. And you had really virtually nothing that was helpful in your recovery. And now they tell you that only one in 12 of you will still be clean or sober. Your parents, your friends, yourself, whoever put you in there paid a lot of money. I paid 28000 for that one. Well, let's go to another rehab because that didn't work for my son. There must be some that will work. And I went and took him to one that was in Southern California. And it was one where instead of having a maximum of six or eight people legally, they put their their clients into apartment buildings all around the rehab. So they had about a hundred people and it was $33,000 for a month here. So I paid the money and I was pretty excited because it seemed that they claimed that they had some really new ways that they approached the situation. And you know, what they did was actually really effective. My son was there for about three or four days and I lived nearby. And the director, Ryan, heard that I'm a hypnotherapist. So he asked me to come and meet with him, which was very exciting. I thought, ooh, either my son's done something bad or 
he wants me to talk about hypnotherapy. Ooh, I went in his office and he said, you know, we're trying to increase our success rate. And we were wondering if you'd be willing to talk to us about hypnotherapy being added on here to help with a success rate. Remember, they have like a hundred people there that paid $33,000, including me. He says, our success rate is only about maybe 5% or so. Oh my gosh, I had just given him a check three days earlier for $33,000. Now he's telling me that the success rate is about 5%, maybe 7 Well, 5 to 7% is also the success rate for those who do absolutely nothing and go cold turkey and quit drinking on their own. So basically, this facility, their success rate is actually zero. <laughs> but anyway, the cool part is, he said, would you do some hypnosis with some of our guests here? And so I did. The next evening, I had about 20 or 25 of them. And it was really great. I did a hypnosis session with them of taking them into their future. I took them one year into their future to experience themselves as being healthy and strong and in control, feeling so good about the things that they are passionate about in their life, the things that they love. I had them envisioning being back with their family, seeing the look in their family's eyes of just acceptance and love and clarity. The past was in the past. That was long ago. And you remember that time when you struggled so hard to quit drinking and how painful it was. But now you realize it's just not a thing for you. You love this life so much and it feels so good to remember that that's so far in the past that it's just not even a part of your life. And you are strong. You are a person who's strong. You have strong commitments and strong morals. You are healthy. You love the way your body feels. You love the way your brain feels. You love the creativity that you have and the sense of purpose. And you are in control. It's easy. You know you can trust yourself and you feel that really balanced sense of being in control. And then just take that deep breath and take it all in strong, healthy, and in control. In our half hour together doing the session, there was a lot more that I did. That's a piece of it. But I just wanted you to hear what it is they were experiencing in part by having those three words that we build up to create character, to create strength, to create the identity you're no longer an alcoholic. That was a long time ago. Now you're a person who looks in the mirror and loves what you see and you can trust yourself and on and on. So we build those three words so that those are the things that are strong. Now we connect those three words with the thought of drinking, seeing alcohol, driving by your favorite bar. And we connect those three words that I got stopped in the grocery store one time. Some woman ran up to me and said, oh my God, you're Wendy. You won't believe this. You helped me quit drinking. Like in just the first three days of using the program, I just quit. It ended. And she said, but the funny thing is when I'm in the grocery store and I'm going through the wine aisle and the liquor aisle, I feel like dancing because seeing all that wine actually makes me feel stronger and happier and healthier. And it just makes me really happy and proud of myself. So thinking about what they tell you in rehab is you've got to stay away from normies, which are people who drink. You're not supposed to see anybody else drink because that will trigger you to drink. 
you can't be around anybody. You can't be at the bar. (laughs) A lot of things you can't do because they tell you and basically hypnotize you that those things will trigger your need for alcohol, your need to drink, and it'll be really, really, really hard. You're going to have to try really hard not to. So (laughs) a man who had used my program, he had just quit 30 days earlier, about a month, whatever, 30 days a month, (laughs) all the same, I know. He told me that he was sitting at the bar at a hotel where he was going for a business conference. He was drinking club soda, by the way. His friend came and sat down next to him and did not know he had quit drinking. So his friend bought him a glass of his favorite whiskey. His friend, not knowing he had quit drinking, waved it under his nose. And you know how powerful it is when you smell something, it activates so many things in your brain. And he said, Wendy, when I smelled that under my nose, All I felt was proud of myself because I'm strong and healthy and in control. And all the things that those three words mean to me. He says, it was like the best feeling ever because I knew it had no hold on me and it didn't trigger anything. Isn't that amazing? When you consider the failure rate to be like 95% or more and people are paying so much money to get help. So anyway, back to uh, Ryan, the director at the rehab center. I went back the next day and he said, what did you do to those people? Everybody's talking about you. They're feeling so good. They really loved it. And I told him what I did in the future timeline. I said, but that's just one little part of the program. That one's really powerful, but they're only, that was only getting that one piece of it. They have a lot more that they'll be able to do. Then he set up an appointment for me to speak to the board of directors. And there was about eight different people in there and all eight of them, did not like my presentation. Seven of them did, (laughs) but there was one that did not. They all liked it except for the psychiatrist. The psychiatrist has different ideas about um, addiction and, you know, they're pretty rigid about that. And then they don't usually like lay people, even though hypnotherapists now, most of them are innovators and we have been together at conferences and having meetings and just brainstorming how we can use what we know and the science and the discoveries that we have to make hypnotherapy better and better. So the psychiatrist doesn't see it that way and that's okay. You know, that's, they're allowed to do that. They spend a lot of years becoming professionals at what they do. However, an open mind is not a bad thing. So they did not let me do work in that rehab, which is really unfortunate. It would have been a really outstanding opportunity to help a lot of people, but it still got me thinking. So now (laughs) we go to yet another rehab. This one was very interesting. Uh, Paid That one was $10,000 and you get a one year access to going to meetings there in a big room with just white walls and metal folding chairs in a circle. But you pay $10,000 to have the support of going to that one meeting every night and going there for a year. So the director says to one of the men in the circle, <laughs> he says, well, it's getting near the holidays. And I, uh, I know it's hard around Christmas and stuff because everybody's really tempted to drink and we're going to have to try really hard not to. But the man next to him, he says, so you are a high relapser, right? 
And the man says, yeah, I am. <laughs> and he says, so when do you relapse normally, 30 days or 60 days? And the man says, usually 30 days is about as good as I can get. And I sat there and I was a little shocked because what the director had just done was to confirm that he's a high relapser. That's his identity. You're a high relapser. And the amount of days you can go before you relapse. Well, he implanted suggestions that are pretty powerful. And then, oh gosh, he goes around the room and talks to each person and keeps telling them how hard it's going to be over the holidays, which is so the opposite of how the brain makes changes and how the mind creates new identities and strengths. And it was just something else. So he put on an old videotape and said, oh, we're going to watch the one about how to not drink during the holidays. And everybody's like, oh, no, not that one again. <laughs> so then on the third day that I took my son there to drop him off, the director was missing. Everybody was milling around wondering where he was because he was not there. Turns out he went to rehab <laughs> because he's a heroin addict and he has been an actively using fully dependent heroin addict for some time. How about that? Isn't that someone you want to give your money to? Whew. And I've seen this in so many rehabs. And I have one more story. And then I'm going to tell you what we will be doing when you're ready to quit drinking, which is going to be very soon. Okay. This one was a very nice place that I, again, wrote a check for probably 30000 And I went in for a family meeting which was, you know, a bunch of chairs in a circle and there were parents and their loved ones with them, children mostly, adult children. Anyway, so the families are there. The one young lady who is about 18 years old was going to go home tomorrow. So the psychologist sitting in the center of the circle was sitting in a chair with an empty chair next to her. She asked the girl to come and sit in that chair. And she says to her, so you're going home tomorrow, right? Yeah, okay. Well, let's do some things to prepare you so that you'll be really strong and and you can really stay, you know, really solid. She has the girl sit down in the chair next to her. Again, envision this. There's a whole circle of people, and then there's these two sitting in the middle. Now she asks three men to stand up and stand behind that girl. And she instructs the man, men silently that what they're to do and she cues them. She asks the girl to close her eyes and take a deep breath. <sighs> relax your body, relax your arms, let the muscles in your face relax. Just close your eyes. Good. And as she is having her relax slash getting into trance, the psychologist says, now I want you to imagine that you're in your room at home. You're getting ready to go into your bedroom, but you've got to be careful because the drugs are going to try to get you. They're going to be like calling your name and wanting to get you. They're going to be all around you. So go in your room and just, you know, you have to be strong. You're going to have to be really, really strong. The drugs are all around you. They're trying to get you. I am not kidding. This is what this woman was saying to this girl. Now she cues the men to raise their arms and start kind of growling, like going, Rawr! and she says, 
those are the drugs. They're trying to get you. They're getting closer. They're coming closer. They're all around you. You have to be strong. You have to be really, really strong. And these men are making these noises and waving their arms and stuff. And then she has the men go outside of the room to where there are windows. There's a lot of windows looking in towards this place. And she has them banging on the windows and says to the girl, now you're in your room and they're outside of your room trying to get in. The drugs are trying to get you. They're trying to get you. They need you to take these drugs. All right, that's the short version of it. This entire psychodrama scenario was about 15 to 20 minutes long. This psychologist hypnotized this girl to have a dreaded fear of going into her bedroom, of being afraid to close her eyes and go to sleep at night, and including voices and banging on windows, that those are the drugs. It should be criminal what that woman did to that one girl. That's the only one I saw. How many other people did she do this to and create permanent damage and fear in their brains and in their mind? And what I've seen in all these rehabs, there's only one that I know of. Well, actually, there's more than one, but there's one that I know of that does really good work, and it's in Malibu. It's called Passages. It costs $100,000, and some people tell me that it'll get to well over 100000 with the extras. <laughs> I don't know what the extras are. They have a team of hypnotherapists there. I think there's 12 last time I checked. And every client there gets a lot of hypnotherapy. Some of the hypnotherapists there came to me for training because they didn't have any training in addiction and the facility didn't offer that directly to them. So they came to me to get trained using my program with the clients they had. And this particular facility has massages and yoga and really nutritional foods. They have brain repair, which is the amino acids and vitamins and supplements that you need to get your brain to get back into balance so you're not just fighting an imbalanced brain. They don't feed you processed foods and you don't sit around smoking cigarettes together or playing ping pong. Well, maybe there's ping pong, but I don't really know that. I just said that. <laughs> yeah. So it's a it's a really horrible thing. All the parents who want to put their child in there or you, your spouse agrees to go to rehab, taking all that time off from work, paying all that money, thinking that that is going to be the thing that's going to save a life. And you think, oh, I just went to one rehab and it wasn't very good. The others must be really good. They must There must be a better one. So you go to one that has some horses and you still have to listen to sad stories every day in these meetings that are AA 12 step and go through the steps again. You are told that you are an alcoholic for life. That relapse is part of recovery. Hmm. That you can't hang out with normies. That you got to stay away from any sight or sound of alcohol. In fact, I was just with a group of people for Thanksgiving and no one was allowed to bring or drink any alcohol because there was one person there who had quit drinking. And his belief was that he has to have no alcohol anywhere around him because that's what they tell you. And by putting that fear in you, if you did see people drinking, you would only be activating that fear and that helplessness or the insecurity that, oh God, I might need a drink. Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I hope this makes sense to you. It's, it's just a horrible thing that is being done to unknowing families and the amount of money that they're paying. 
It's extraordinary. Now, what I want to do with you for the three days is help you to understand why it is you might have failed. I want to remove all the fear of failure of quitting drinking. I want to make sure that that is a thing of the past. We aren't listening to 90 days of meetings with sad stories. When you do that, and you go to meetings and listen to sad stories, especially 90 of them in 90 days, your brain is energizing the memories, the emotions, the feelings and beliefs that support what that person is saying in their sad story. All the horrific things they did, the mistakes they made, and the, the stuff they're glorifying when they used to be drinking, the things that are kind of funny, your brain is focusing on that and growing neural pathways to strengthen it to those emotional reactions, your fear, your insecurities, your anger, your self-loathing, whatever they're talking about, your brain is accessing those emotions and expanding it. Does that make sense? And we're going to get better and we're going to be happier or stronger? No, that's really dangerous to put people into that scenario. But anyway, that's what I want to help you to understand what you can let go of. Now, the really cool part about my alcohol freedom program, well, one cool thing is I've been doing this for over 20 years and people just get the program and do it on their own usually. And they do amazingly after the third day, they say, it's weird. I just kind of forgot to drink. It didn't matter. It was just not a thing. (laughs) The story is just blowing my mind. So here's a really good example. I love sharing this story about Ken. Ken says, and he gave me permission to share this with the world. Ken was a fat slob drunk. This is what he described himself as to his friends. He said, Wendy, everyone knows that all I was was a fat slob drunk. I did nothing in my life. I drank over a case of beer a day, and that was my life. So in the recording, when he went into his future timeline, he went one year in the future, and anyway, he said to me, Wendy, this makes no sense. In the future, that one year in the future, as an athlete, and I'm doing really big athlete things, and and I don't understand how I could be an athlete or how I could even envision not in any possible way that I'm an athlete. He said, it makes no sense because I am a fat slob drunk. So his identity of this fat slob drunk thing was totally, you know, 180 degrees from the athlete. But you know, when you're in that future moment and I'm asking you to notice what it is that gives you a sense of pride and accomplishment, what you really love that maybe you just never discovered when you were drinking and what it is that feels so good to you to accomplish things and just feel proud of yourself. When you're doing that, as Ken did, you might discover something that does give you the satisfaction you need and the things that were missing in your life when you drank so much alcohol to try and cover it up. So he imagined himself being an athlete, and apparently he kind of liked it. It planted a seed in his subconscious mind that did not let go. Oh my gosh. He started training. (laughs) He quit drinking, obviously, but he started training. And somehow it steered him in the direction of wanting to train to be a triathlon competitor. 
So he did that and he went to some triathlons. And if you know what a triathlon does to you, it's over two miles of swimming. And the bike one is maybe different in different cities. I know in Boulder where I lived, it was, I think it was about 85 miles, but it was straight up the side of a mountain and back down. And some of them are over 100 miles on the bicycling. And then you get to run a marathon. Woo-hoo! Who doesn't want to do that, huh? Sign me up. Well, no, don't. <laughs> it's a big, grueling thing. So he's been traveling the world. I think it's been probably 16 to 18 years ago that he quit with my program. And he's been traveling all over the world. Now, he has qualified for the... Kona Ironman, which is the top echelon of Ironmans, only the very best that have qualified in all these different places all over the world get to go to Kona Ironman. And he goes to that more than one time. I need to get him on and interview him and talk to him. He was a really cool guy. He still is, yes. <laughs> but anyway, this is on top of hearing the stories of the people I told you about and what they've gone through. Here you have someone who did not expect that he would be anything but a fat slob drunk, became an Ironman. What if he hadn't found my program? Would he still be a fat slob drunk? Well, what? Oh, the other thing is he um, told me, he says, you know, about a week after I started listening to your program, I opened my fridge and there was a six pack of beer in my fridge. I hadn't seen it every day. It just, I didn't even notice it there. He said, so I opened a can and I poured it in a glass and I just looked at it. It didn't want it. It didn't have any effect or pull on me or anything. It just, uh, I just poured it out. Isn't that interesting? After how hard people battle and you think about that psychologist doing her psychodrama to that girl and saying, you have to fight really hard to get me so strong. Uh. But instead we can just neutralize it. We know how the brain works and we know how these processes can help just neutralize those old things. It's not instant and it's not magic, but it's pretty close to instant and it's well, kind of magical. <laughs> and it can happen to you as well. Okay, the other thing to know when you tell your friends who need help to quit drinking or are curious or they have a son or daughter or a spouse or something that needs to quit drinking, tell them it isn't about having willpower and you don't have to try and you, it's not a grueling process. It's something that just happens. It just clicks in your brain and it apparently is very easy. And it's true. It is. I mean, think about, you know, this person sitting at the bar and their friend waves the whiskey under their nose and all it did was make him feel, huh, no, I like my life. This, this is not part of it without any struggle or strain or conflict. Oh, Yep. So I'm going to break it down for three days. We'll work together and also have a Q&A afterwards so you can get that help. Now I'm going to tell you about the processes and walk you through parts of them, but it is not the entire program. I'm not doing the hypnosis stuff on these meetings that we're going to do. And the reason is because I cannot monitor the amount of people that are going to be in these meetings and I can't make sure I give them any personal attention they may need or, you know, it's just, it just would be too many people to do that all together. The program for alcohol freedom is one that's recorded and you listen to it on your phone or your computer or wherever you want to do that. And you listen to the sessions just as I ask you to. And then I'm also going to show you 
what is in the workbook. So there's a workbook that takes you through all the elements of making these changes happen. And it includes your identity, who you are and what you love and what means something to you. It includes releasing self-sabotage, finding the positive reasons of why you were so addicted to drinking, um, finding out who you are along the way. Like, what is it that you love? Most people who are pretty hardcore alcoholics, they don't have a lot of things in their life that they love and that help them. They have a lot of pain and they're ashamed and they've just been beat down so much by having to go to all these meetings and steps and rehabs and keep failing. So we're going to bring your self-esteem back up and restore your sense of self-worth. There's a lot of areas of writing things down. So for instance, if if I have you go into one month in the future, when you're done with that session, you would be writing down all these elements of what you experienced, of who you are at one month in the future. And when you write things down, they have a different effect on your psyche and how they're stored in your brain. So it's really important that you do the writing. And we'll go through that so you can see what's in there. And then when you're ready, you can buy the program and you can then follow through on it on your own. You can also do it with assistance. If you just feel like you really want an accountability person thing, me, <laughs> to oversee it with you, we can do that uh, with me having a coaching call with you for about 15 minutes each day for 10 days. And you'll be going through the entire program with the recordings and the writing. And then I'm going to ask you a lot of questions and you can tell me what's working, what's not working, how you're feeling. So that's a nice way to do it. And that's an extra charge on that. And then also we'll create a small group of people that will go through the program together and you can do that. So you have my assistance and it's just a small amount of people that we can then really share a lot and uh, keep everything confidential, of course and let you discover what it is that you really, really do want. Because, you know, it's a pretty rough thing when you want to quit drinking or if you're trying to quit drugs. I think you really lose your self-worth and you lose the feeling that you could trust yourself or that you even have what it takes. Because you failed so many times. But when I tell you about what happens in these rehabs, and that's only a few of them. My son went to five or six of them. And each one of them just gnawed away at anything left of his self-respect or self-esteem. And yeah, it's it's rough. And And seeing what that psychologist did to that one girl. And I think, what if that's going on all over the country? And all these psychologists go and get trained in doing psychodrama. And that's what they're told to do. Isn't there some sanity that said, hey, wait a minute. No, you can't do that to people. That's incredibly damaging. And every hypnotherapist that I've talked to and told them about this, I mean, they just cringe at the thought that anyone, especially a professional, especially a psychologist, would actually do that. Well, hmm, you can, you can look in the comments or not comments, but you know, the um, text below and you'll see the link to sign up for three free sessions. What I really want you to do is if you're struggling with alcohol or you know someone who is, you can come. You don't have to be an alcoholic or, um, you know, a problem drinker or anything to come to this free series. 
if you know someone who has been drinking a little too much and their life is a little bit off the tracks or the rails or whatever it is your life was on, tell them about it and say, hey, why don't you come see this thing? It's kind of cool. Wendy's a little weird, but you know, <laughs> you might like her jam once you start listening to her. I have some people that uh, they fly in and they get a hotel room and I come to their hotel room every day for four days. We do about four hours a day of therapy. So two hours in the morning, take a break and then come back into two hours in the afternoon and we get through most of the program. Then I follow up with them by phone after they go back home. So maybe you'll find that you're someone who wants to do that. And there's a safe way that we can do that even in these times of COVID. Um, that will still be, you know, super healthy and everything else. And it's a really nice personal way to do that if you feel like, you know, you really need that one-on-one. -on -one. I've had some miraculous things happen with clients when we're one-on-one -on -one like that, doing the intensive therapy. For so many years, decades, um, where I'm seeing clients, I've always seen them once a week for an hour which meant we were talking for about 15 minutes about the stuff, what we're going to do and setting some goals and things. But then we do about a half hour or 40 minute hypnotherapy session. And then another 10 minutes of, you know, saying, well, what did you experience? How to go give them some homework. I don't see them for another seven days. I think that model is not the best one. Now that I've seen clients in an environment where it's an intensive environment, where every day that's all we're doing for four days, the changes are massive and fast. We get the job done. There's no, there's nothing that says, oh, you should wait a week between hypnotherapy sessions. Why not just work on it and get it all in place and just stack the good beliefs, the identity, the strength, everything you are restoring in your mind and body and soul. Why not just stack it up for four days? <laughs> And it does work. It's it's an amazing cleaning. Yeah, so those are some options for you. And I do want you to be responsible for getting the word out. And if you work in a rehab center or you know some staff at a rehab center and you want to say, hey, you know what? I think there's something you might want to take a look at and perhaps you could offer it or implement it. And I have a way for rehab centers to do that. So... <sighs> There's a man I met recently who's involved with a VA and he's been through a lot with all the things that VA offers for quitting drinking and drugs and such. And he just really wants to get my program into the VA and starting it on a small basis, but maybe getting it launched bigger to all the veterans in all the centers that are for addiction work. So I want you to put out some really good vibes for allowing that to happen. And if you know anyone in the VA or in the addiction programs that they have, you might want to reach out and say, hey, you know, this might be a really good way for us to heal people much faster and help the veterans restore so much more of their life than just trying to quit drinking. All right, I'm going to wrap it up now. You all have a wonderful rest of your day and night and sleep well tonight. Before you go to sleep tonight, just remember to close your eyes and take that deep breath and remember what it is you love about your life and what you're creating and how you can help yourself or help others to do something a lot better with their lives, especially if they're pounding down that alcohol and doing nothing. All right. I will see you on Friday, December 4th. 
the times are below in the comment, not comments, the text, and sign up so that you get in. All right, have a fabulous day. Catch you soon again one time, one day. <laughs> All right, that's enough of that. Bye-bye.